Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome back to Jess Unfiltered. I'm your host, Jess, obviously. So today is going to be less about MLMs and more just life updates and whatnot. If you guys have been following me on Instagram at Jess Unfiltered Podcast, you know that I have been thinking about starting a YouTube channel. And I keep going back and forth on it, honestly. Like, I have a spare bedroom in my house and I have a nice, like, couch set up with some lights. It's like the perfect place to start recording YouTube videos, but I don't know, like, I have some kind of, like, fear that my friends and family who are in MLMs are going to, like, find my YouTube and then find out this whole time that I have just been crap-talking their companies and then they're going to be, like, really offended and mad at me and it's going to make, like, Christmas super awkward. So, I don't know. I guess I'm just very hesitant because I feel like, at least with a podcast, there's like my face isn't attached to it. So like if they hear me, they may not recognize my voice. Whereas if they like see my face, then they'll be like, oh my gosh, that's my, that's my cousin. That's my niece. That's my so-and-so. And I don't know. I'm just a non-confrontational person. Like I don't like confrontation. I don't like issues and I just don't want to make the holidays awkward. And maybe I'm being like a little bit too... I don't know what the word is. Like, I guess the likelihood of them like ever finding my YouTube channel is really slim because a lot of like anti-MLM creators, I would assume, don't really pop up on people's feeds who are pro-MLM, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe the YouTube algorithm gives anti-MLM to anyone who is interested in anything MLM. Who knows? Anyway, um, some other updates. I got the coronavirus vaccine yesterday. My state said that anybody who works for uh, XYZ type of companies, and it had like a list, they're like, y'all are eligible for the vaccine. And so I fell in that category and I was able to go get my vaccine yesterday. So I was really excited for that. It's the Johnson and jo- Johnson and Johnson one shot vaccine. And one of my old coworkers at an old job I had was like, He was like, you know, that's like the sprint of vaccines, right? (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh, I mean, I've heard it's slightly less effective. However, it's one shot. And I think I have also heard the side effects are generally less severe than the other ones. So there's pros and cons. You can also keep it in a refrigerator much longer and it's easier to deploy to more rural, low-income areas. So I think that, you know a J&J vaccine is better than no vaccine, in my opinion. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know much about it. I also heard that the studies that were conducted on effectiveness were in other countries and had a lot of other variables at play and other strains as opposed to like the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine. So like you're kind of comparing apples to oranges when you're talking about their effectiveness rate because the variables were different in the various uh, effectiveness studies or whatever. So anyway, I don't know. I just, that's the only vaccine my county was offering. They were like, you know, this is what you get. And I was like, all right, I'm fine with that. Personally, I'd rather have one shot and then I don't have to go back. But yeah, I will say like, it hurt incredibly bad when it was being injected into my arm. He goes, he goes, yeah, you might feel a little like burning sensation when it goes in. And I didn't think much of it because I get my flu shot every year. And I just got a tetanus shot last year because I cut my finger at a Bath and Body Works, sliced it right open on a candle because I guess somebody like dropped a candle and then put it back up on the shelf. And so I picked up the candle because like the part that was broken was underneath it. And I just looked down and my hand is all bloody 
And uh, anyway, long story short, went to urgent care, had to get a tetanus shot. Tetanus shot wasn't that bad. You know, my arm was a little bit sore, but not a big deal. And yeah, the the one that I took today or yesterday, sorry, the the J&J COVID vaccine, that just, oh my gosh, it burned so bad. It felt like somebody was injecting like pepper spray into my arm. (laughs) That's like the best way I can describe it. But it's weird because everybody else that I know who also got the J&J vaccine yesterday, they were like, oh, it was fine. It just felt like a regular shot. And one of my friends is a medical student. She's about to graduate with her MD in like a year. And so she's pretty knowledgeable. She's like almost almost a doctor. (laughs) But she goes, you know, I've heard that potassium can uh, kind of cause like a burning feeling when you get a vaccine. So if the vaccine had potassium in it, you know, it's possible that maybe that's what that's from or that that's why it felt like that. And maybe she's right. I don't really know. Uh, either way, you know, I definitely don't regret getting it. I encourage everyone to, to get the vaccine when you're able to. And, you know, assuming that you are able to, I know some people with certain health conditions may not be able to get it. So obviously talk to your doctor about that. But yeah, I don't regret getting it. I stood up after I got it and my arm was like throbbing. (laughs) It hurt so bad. And the rest of the day, my arm just hurt like crazy. And honestly, I'll take a, a sore arm any day over COVID. Thank God I have not gotten COVID thus far, at least to my knowledge. I have a lot of friends and family who've all gotten COVID and yeah, I, it just does not sound pleasant. So I'm definitely, definitely more okay with having a sore arm than getting Corona. The other thing too, is I woke up today, then, you know, the next morning I woke up really, really early and my head was just like pounding and I had like a 101.7 degree fever <laughs> and I just felt like crap, like pretty much all this morning. Finally, now it's been been a few hours and uh, it, it's almost been 24 hours since I got the vaccine almost. And yeah, I feel a lot better than I did this morning. I, oh my gosh, I just, I felt like I got hit by a freight train this morning. It was horrible. I was like, just miserable. And anyway, thankfully, I'm starting to feel a little bit better. And I, I talked to my cousin, my cousin's um, a nurse practitioner, I believe. And she was I was like, this might be like a really stupid question. But if I have a fever from the vaccine, like that's not contagious, right? Because like, that doesn't make sense to me why it would be contagious because the J&J vaccine doesn't have any COVID strain in it. Like it doesn't have any coronavirus in it. And I was like, so it doesn't really make sense. Like if I had a fever that I would be contagious, she's like, oh no, you're fine. Like you can still go into public. You're not, it's just your body, like becoming immune to the, uh, to, to be able to fight off coronavirus. I don't know. And I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) Like, I don't want to go into public if I am contagious or anything, but like, it wouldn't really make sense that I would be contagious because if my body's just trying to figure out like how to become immune to coronavirus like that wouldn't I don't know she's like basically if you feel like that it just means the vaccine is working and you're fine like you're not gonna spread your fever to anybody that's not how it works and I'm like okay that's what I thought but I also wanted to make sure so anyway yeah I guess uh I don't know I just I encourage you guys like I said to get it I am glad that I got the one and done over with and now I have the weekend to like chill 
except I got to like spend it doing homework, which is also what I wanted to talk about was like me not publishing episodes as frequently as I used to. I know for a while there I was publishing like one to two episodes a day. And my goal now is to try and get out one to two, possibly three a week, just depending on how things go. But I've been so busy lately. Like, it's just been stressful. My nine to five job has been so exhausting lately. Like my work has picked up like crazy. So usually at the end of the day, like I am just a lot more like worn out than I typically was. And also I have my Etsy shop and that's been crazy. I've been getting more orders and having to fulfill those. So I've had less time to record. And I recently actually got a bonus from my nine to five job. And so I use that bonus to go. uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the Simpsons. It's like a TikTok meme now. It's like, it's like, you should buy it. You don't have to rationalize it. And then Marge is like, it'll be good for the economy. (laughs) So anyway, I got a bonus from work. And instead of saving it like I probably should have, I was like, you know, I really want a new camera because I've said in other episodes I do real estate photography. And so I don't know, like I I don't know if you guys know anything about photography, but I had a Canon T5i before and I was like, you know, I've had this camera since probably 2014 maybe and I am just like ready for a full frame camera. And so I was looking at some different options and I decided to go mirrorless and I really wanted to get a Sony mirrorless camera. But then I found out that they actually make mounts for the Canon mirrorless cameras, the full frame Canon mirrorless cameras. And basically the mount can you can use all of your old Canon lenses on the new mirrorless camera. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. That'll save me so much money instead of having to like rebuy all of these lenses from, uh, you know, from Sony, I can just use my Canon lenses. And so I ended up buying the Canon R6, which I just am like obsessed with. And so I've been doing a lot of photography too, just on the side. And I've been busy doing that. So I've had less time to, to take photos and Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like it was a good use of my work bonus because I've been wanting a full frame DSLR for like a very, very long time. Sorry, it's not a DSLR, it's mirrorless, but I've been wanting a full frame camera for a very long time and finally had the opportunity to buy one. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to buy it because I want to. And I also feel like it's an investment too, because I, I spent quite a bit of money on this like wide angle lens a while back. I guess it wasn't really that much money. It was like, I don't know, probably $350, which is not that expensive for a camera lens. That is like (laughs) definitely on the, on the cheaper side, but I spent about 350 bucks on this wide angle lens so I could do real estate photos and on my T5i. And I ended up definitely making that money back and a lot more. So it was, it was definitely an investment and I'm hoping that with the price of this camera, I can eventually make that back with, you know, booking gigs and whatnot uh, for real estate photos and headshots and things like that. I'm not really into wedding photography. I, I had my run at that. And I don't know if you guys realize this, but wedding photography is, it is very like labor intensive in terms of like just physical activity. I mean, if you think about it, like you're standing and squatting and 
and walking and trying to get the best angle and, you know, kind of not jogging, but like fast walking across the room, trying to get different things from all angles at all times. It's very stressful. It's a lot of, it's a lot of like physical exercise (laughs) for like a solid six to nine hours, depending on how long you get hired. And it's just, it's exhausting. And then you have to go home and edit the pictures on top of that. So I'm not really into wedding photography personally. It's just not for me. I prefer shorter, shorter gigs. I find that to be less stressful. But don't get me wrong, wedding photography can pay very well. I mean, you can charge, I know a guy who charges like three or four grand a wedding at least, and and that's not uncommon. And I mean, making $4,000 in one day, (laughs) I mean, that's pretty good. But at the same time, you know, if you only get two wedding gigs a month and, you know, you're not getting healthcare and things like that. And you have to go home and edit photos for another 10 hours. That's a couple days worth. So I don't know. I I mean, you can definitely make good money doing weddings. I don't, it's definitely not for everyone. And it's a lot of pressure too. Like I was just very stressed out because it's like, you know, during the ceremony, they're like, you can, you may now kiss the bride. And like, if you don't get that photo of them having their like first kiss as a married couple, it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's stressful because you're like, oh my gosh, this has to be in focus. I have to have good lighting. Like this is like arguably one of the most important moments of the entire ceremony. And if I miss this photo for whatever reason, if my battery dies, if my memory card runs out, if the lighting is bad, if it's blurry, if I get distracted and I, and I don't catch this moment, like, (laughs) you know, it just, it's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. And so eventually that led me to do photo booths at weddings because people are willing to spend a lot of money on weddings, which is why it's it's not like a stretch to ask $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 for wedding photos. Like that's not totally uncommon because I mean, again, people are willing to spend a lot on weddings. They're usually very extravagant events. And I mean, I'm sure a lot of you guys know, like, I think I want to say the average wedding in this country is around $20,000. So take that with what you will, people will spend a lot of money on these things. So anyway, I, I decided to do a photo booth business for a couple years. And I would charge like $150 an hour. And I would just set up my camera and a computer and I would just run some photo booth software. And I bought this really nice dye sublimation printer and would just print out photos on the spot for people. And I ended up making several thousand dollars doing that. And I would just do it, I don't know, once or twice a month. And I would make, you know, seven, eight hundred dollars a month or so before expenses. I, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, there's lots of options out there for like starting your own business. If you guys are interested in that, I know a lot of people that listen to my podcast used to be involved with MLMs and, you know, were sold this dream of like, oh, you can make side income. And there are a lot of legit ways to make side income. And if you guys ever want me to make an episode on some, some like decent low startup fee side income jobs that you can start, I'm, I'm definitely open to that. I've started a few side gigs and trial by air, you know, some of them too, like the photo booth thing. Like, honestly, I was making pretty good money doing my photo booth gig. But I think the problem was I just wasn't I I got kind of tired of it, to be honest. And it's like, yeah, it was really nice to like make 
$150 an hour, but I don't know. It also was kind of stressful sometimes because it's like you have to coordinate, okay, did this person pay me their deposit? Did they pay me in full? You know, did I save all my receipts for this? And I don't know. It can be it can be a lot of work to kind of start your own side gigs. So I think a lot of people do gravitate toward MLMs because they're a little bit less you're, you're a little less on your own with it. You know what I mean? You kind of have like people in the community to help you. So I feel like that's a big selling point for them. And yeah, anyway, that's all I really have for today. Thanks guys so much for listening. And by the way, I did get a Instagram DM from somebody and it was a, it's, it's an Arbon video of these two girls talking about Arbon. And I think it's a really good video. I kind of just skimmed different parts of it, but I think it'll have some good content in there. So I hope to do a critique slash commentary on that here soon, hopefully this weekend. Otherwise, later this week, I'll try to post that episode for y'all. So shout out to the person who sent me that video. Definitely appreciate it. And yeah, you guys can look forward to that. I want to do other MLMs too. So if you guys have any team calls or anything from like Beachbody or doTERRA or Rodan and Fields or literally any other MLM, Stella and Dot, I know is a big one. Let me know. Another episode that I want to do <laughs> before I uh, hop off this this episode, another episode I want to do is on Undercover Boss. So Undercover Boss did two episodes back to back. And the first one is an episode for the from this like self-help guru. And basically he like sells these conferences and these like experiences where you can go like learn how to be a house flipper and it just sounds like a huge scam and it's not necess- it's not an MLM but it falls in the same category of shadiness and then the episode directly after that they have an episode on Stella and Dot and the CEO and I wanted to do an episode on that and talk about that because I feel like I don't know I just don't know why undercover boss would be doing episodes for these scams unless they're just like really desperate for CEOs right now I don't know. I was kind of disappointed to see that, but who knows? I mean, there were a lot of people, at least on the anti-MLM subreddit, that were kind of complaining about how how these companies were being advertised on there. So anyway, with that, thanks guys so much for listening. Definitely get a hold of me on Twitter at unfiltered underscore Jess. Get a hold of me on Instagram at Jess Unfiltered Podcast. And thanks guys so much for listening. I will talk to you next time on anti-MLM adventures with Jess Unfiltered.